Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. We have really been on the road the last couple of weeks. We um, last called in from Costa Rica. Then we went to California for a tennis tournament for Richard. Oh, boy. Let's not talk too much about that. <laughs> well, you <laughs> got to the semifinals. No, 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 no. Quarterfinals. Quarterfinals. So don't make it better than it is. You know, those um, of you who are like old grandparents like we are, you probably have the same dilemma. Do you Do you give in to aging or do you fight it tooth and nail? Do you just try everything you can to stay as young as you can for as long as you can? I know there's a lot of different theories on that one but uh, there's a lot of I'm trying to keep going on tennis it's the one sport that I can still beat my boys in so I'm hanging on for dear life and I'm entering these national tournaments and I think it's a war of attrition at this point you know it's like whoever can keep playing the longest is going to win the tournaments <laughs> I know including you and I keep saying let those boys win once in a while oh you mean our kids our kids yeah, don't let those other guys win and he's like absolutely not <laughs> well I did get I did win a couple of rounds and played pretty well and then I played this guy who I won't mention his name but he's been ranked number one in the world for quite a while in our old age group and he gave me a tennis lesson anyway <laughs> enough of that we're back. Now we're, we're in Arizona. We've just been at a graduation. Our granddaughter Claire with Shawnee and David and their family. And honestly, that was amazing. 700, over 720 graduates, something like that. Big class. It was a huge class. Out on a big football field. And it was 100 was, degrees when the graduation began. Oh, I think it was 103. By, by 10 o'clock at night, it was to 92, which was a great relief. But... Uh, it was really hot, but it was great. We loved every minute of it. We did indeed. Well, so good morning, minute. good afternoon, good evening to all of you. Good night. One guy told me the other day, Lindy, when he can't sleep, he gets up and listens to Ayers on the Road. Oh, no. Puts him right to sleep. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> anyway, we're glad to be with you. And we want to we want to talk a little today about a, a, a subject that... Uh, well, I think it ties in. I mean, we've been going to graduations. Many of you have had the end of school year for your kids or your grandkids. And it's an interesting time as summer approaches and families get together a little bit more. And we want to talk a little today and engage you a little in some thinking about unity. This interesting word, unity, it's something we, we would all like. Do you think there's any downside to unity, Linda? I mean, is that just like, oh, when you say unity, is, does everyone, especially in families, say, yes, we want that? Yeah, we all agree on everything. Um, <laughs> that's not what we mean, because that's not where we are. Well, you know, <laughs> unity, um, the, the problem with unity is that we live in a divided world. We live in a world that, I mean, let's think of unity on, on some different levels. Let's think of unity um, in politics. <laughs> the words don't seem to go together very no, well, no, do no. they? Not let's, at all. let's think of unity in, in communities. 
some things we're united on, some things not so much. Let's think of unity in our churches, in our wards, in our congregations. And again, there's division. We see a lot of division there in, in many cases. And then, <coughs> excuse me, we get down to the real question of unity in a family. And when you think of unity in a family, honey, what, what comes to your mind? Uh, division. <laughs> um, it's so interesting because everybody has their own opinion of what's going on. And as, as our kids leave home and um, are their own people are married to people who have a different background, I sure those of you who have experienced that have realized that um, there can be some differences. And it really is interesting to allow the differences and remain unified. I mean, that's the goal. Yeah, that's kind of the definition. We're working on a book, actually. That may surprise some of you. What? The Iyer's working on a book? <laughs> <laughs> a book on unity, but it's not going to be our book. It's going to be, we, we've invited some of the finest writers and thinkers we know um, to contribute an essay on what unity is in their mind and why there's so much disunity and division and dissension in the world. It's interesting that all those words start with D. Have you ever thought of that? Any disunity, dissension, division. Um, Derisiveness. Yeah, there are just yeah. so many D words that are going on in the world today. And um, we're getting some amazing essays submitted by people who look at it through different lenses. You know, some are metaphorical, like, there's one about a choir and how different voices can blend. And there's, there's one about a garden and how different crops can work together and all the way to the very sort of methodological of how we can listen better, how we can stop judging, how we can stop dismissing people if they watch a different news channel than we do or belong to a different political party or feel differently about vaccinations or about masks or about there's just an endless list of divisions and part of the problem is we're all in our own echo chamber we listen to people we get our news and listen and watch pod watch youtube and, and get podcasts from people who agree with us and we just get deeper and deeper into our own I call it an echo chamber, and we don't hear those who dissent with us. So it's it's a big. Let me try this. See see if this makes sense to you, honey. I like division and disunity and and dissension are kind of they're kind of necessary in a in a government in in, in politics. I mean, we we don't need it to be as as bitter as it sometimes is, but that's how democracies work, right? As differences, people have a different approach and you vote right. and you decide and people debate and so on. There's another D word debate. And so we can accept, although we wish that it was the, the, there was more unity on certain issues. I mean, with this awful school shooting last week, we find ourselves wishing for some kind of unity on what we could do about gun control and other things. And so we long for, we always long for unity but we rarely find it, especially in, in political things or governmental things. But in a church, you would think 
that you could find unity because people are there because they believe similarly and they 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 worship similarly and they you'd think there'd be unity but we're seeing so much division in in in, in many churches and and congregations these days well and some are not going anymore because they feel like they're out of step with other people in their congregation a lot of it revolves around judgment, don't you think? I mean, yes. because of our background, because of our echo chamber, we are judging other people and we all do it. It is, I have to stop myself um, when I think, why, why was I thinking that? Who cares? Why am I judging this? Um, not only just people, but uh, things, places and how people do things and so on. It really is so interesting that that's one of our biggest problems i think in our country and in the church in all churches probably the same um a lot of it because of covid because of the mass situation but it's just kind of escalated since then it seems and it's just so prevalent everywhere so at any rate in this book some of these essays that we're collecting they, they look at unity in so many different ways and one of the essays that I work that we're working on right now has to do with unity and diversity, and you might at first glance think, well, those are sort of opposites. You know, you, if, you, if you're diverse, that means you're not the same. You're 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 different, and of course, that is what it means. But the beauty of unity is that it can coexist with diversity. The most beautiful kind of unity, I would say exists with diversity because there's so many different kinds of people, different kinds of viewpoints, different kinds of paradigms. And within those, we can be respectful. We can listen, we can learn, we can grow together and we can find a unity on the things that matter most perhaps in, in our lives. And uh, there's even a kind of a genetic example for that. You know, the more, Geneticists tell us that the more diverse the gene pool is, the stronger the species gets, whether it's animals or humans, that that when 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 they start inbreeding and you know mating with with others just like them, that, that weakens the, the species. And when there's more diversity, that strengthens everything. And I think it's the same with unity, that if people can say, well, look, we're different. We, we, we look different from each other. We think differently. We may belong to different political parties. We may have different views on certain things in science and in other areas, but we still probably have vastly more in common than we have that divides us. So let's listen, let's try to learn from each other. Let's not, let's not, let's not try so hard to make our point that we don't listen to the other point. And, and that's, that sounds easy, but that is so hard to do. It is hard. And we actually are going to have a, a conference call with our children on Sunday. I've said this before, but I think the very best thing about the COVID-19 pandemic has been Zoom <laughs> because we have been so in touch with our kids. And then now that things were kind of getting past it, but then are we or not? It's a roller coaster. There, we were at the airport again yesterday, and they were asking us to wear masks again, and not complying, and it was absolutely wild. So I just think that um, this this ability to talk online, if nothing else, but we are going to talk with our family 
on Sunday about some things that are really concerning to all of us. And I think sometimes it just takes talking. And and the goal doesn't have to be, we are going to hammer this out until we totally agree with each other. The goal, especially in families, and that's, I mean, that's, that's what we're trying to get to today. I think, honey, you've got to expect disunity in politics and in government. You you even come to expect a certain amount of disunity in communities, even in churches. But when there's disharmony in families, don't you think that's when when the whole thing really takes on a sadness? Fam- we know families where they don't people don't speak to each other anymore, and, and you trace it back, and it's because one of them thinks they should get vaccinated, and the other one doesn't, or or one you know listens to Fox News, and the other one watches MSNBC, and no. I'm not saying those differences are unimportant, but they are so much less important than keeping a family together. And and we see parents, and we're guilty of this sometimes. Everyone has a sort of my way or the highway. Look, if you're going to live in this house, you're going to do it my way, and you're going to think the way I do, and you're going to go to church with me, and you're not going to have your own opinion. We're not guilty of that. Well, no, not quite. (laughs) But I mean, I think we sometimes, parents generally tend to, sort of think, hey, you know, I'm in charge here and you need to follow, you need to line up. And and that's such a dangerous thing. It is dangerous. And I think probably the better route is there is nothing you can do or say that will make me quit loving you. I love you no matter what you think, no matter how abrasive that is. I still love you. And, I and it's not like so I'll important. still tolerate you. It's like you need I to really I, love you. I will yeah. truly love you. Exactly. Well, we got a real treat for you. We're going to take a little break. And when we return, we're going to ask our daughter, Shawnee, who we're staying with at the moment uh, here in Arizona. And many of you know Shawnee. Shawnee Pothier has a blog called 71 Toes that is an amazing communication device. And we run into more and more people now who say, oh, you're Shawnee's parents. I know I love you. So, oh, you're, you're Josh's mom, you're, whatever, you know, it's so great. So we'll take a little so. brief break and then we'll, we'll get Shawnee's views on this question of unity in families and on whatever else she wants to talk about. It was her daughter that graduated last night. So we've been thinking a lot about children and parents. We'll be back in just a minute. Hang on. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, we're back with our wonderful Shaunaly Ayer. Uh, <laughs> we nearly named her Shaunacy. a pothair now. <laughs> there was a graduate. Always being Ayer. There was a graduate last night named Shaunacy, and it made me think that we almost named you that. <laughs> It's true. I saw that too. <laughs> it was amazing. That was an incredible uh, experience. We just were saying it was a little hot, but it was amazing. The speakers, the kids, everything was so well done. The music, the band, the, everything was fabulous. But Shani, you don't need much introduction, but tell anything you want about yourself. And then I'm going to ask you a question or two and your family. And, you know, here we are. Oh, gosh. I don't, I'm kind of on the spot right here. I just kind of jumped into this, but I... Um, I don't know. We have five kids and we just let our fourth graduate last night. So we're a little sad about that, but, um, it's kind of, I know we're talking about unity today and 
I think that it's pretty awesome that we have technology to keep us unified, even though those kids are graduating. Johnny, so. how do you, I mean, graduation, how does that make you feel? Wonderful. Finally, and rid of another one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst at graduation. <laughs> I'm so bad, but um, I don't like to let these kids leave, but it is pretty awesome to watch them spread their wings and do their own things and find their own Shani, Shani's always been that way. I remember when you had babies, you're like, stop growing up. Don't get older. I, I hate it. But then I love it too, because they're now my best friends. So it's pretty fun. It is really amazing. And they get married and their spouses come into your family and you realize there's more than one way to do things a yep. lot more. Yeah. It's amazing. So, you know, one more thing, so I don't forget at the end, if you have never experienced 71toes.com, the number seven, the number one dot com, toes, 71 toes, <laughs> we could tell you how that originated. You know, Shawnee at one time had 71 toes in her family, but that's a story for another time. But let us ask you a question, Shawnee. Um, Vision statements, family mission statements. One of the ones we've heard a lot lately is no empty chairs. A lot of a lot of families, if you really pin it down, what do you want most? It kind of comes down to, I want us to be together. I want us to be united. I want us to stay together. I want us to, you know, have unity. It comes down to unity. Why is why are we losing unity in so many of our families today? What are your thoughts? That. Oh, it's a good question. I think we are a little bit slow to try to figure out where people are coming from, maybe. Yeah. Um, everyone has their own story and every kid is going through, I think, especially in this world, there are a lot of things going through these kids' heads. There's so many people just speaking up everywhere through social media or in school, or people are saying their saying their piece everywhere. And I think it is really hard sometimes to understand each other's stories because we're coming from so, I think we're coming from more different directions than we were when I was growing up. Oh, de definitely. Because we only had, we didn't have that many yeah. sources of things, but now these kids are just open up to this huge world of every, they're bombarded through TV and through social media and through friends who are struggling with different things. And so I feel like we've just, our stories have, um, become so much bigger. And as a parent, don't you think a lot of times our first instinct is protect them from that, you know, yes. isolate them. We, we talked to a family the other day, they're taking their kids on a, on a round the world sailing thing. They just want to get away from social media. They want to get away from influence that they can't control. And that's, I think, a natural parental instinct to want to sort of protect kids from the world. And that's a great thing to do too. Yeah. Yeah. Temporarily. If you can, if you I want can. to do that. If you have a sailboat <laughs> and you can go. <laughs> and you know how to sail. But, <laughs> but I think we can do that in our own homes too. That's probably what you're getting to. Well, I don't, that's what I was going to ask you actually. I mean, where do you, how do you find the balance between wanting your children to be aware and in tune and open to the world and in touch and, not, you know, in their narrow little echo chamber, and yet at the same time, to keep them united uh, as a family, that, that's, that's a tough thing. And if you get too protective or too authoritative, you lose them. 
On the other hand, if you get too laissez-faire and just anything goes, you know, try everything, then, you know, you're at another end of the spectrum. It's pretty dangerous. Well, just hopping in for a minute, I think it's so important to realize that sometimes there are empty chairs in our family. There are people who have left and, and decided to do their own thing and so on. And we have to remember that we... Life is long, you know. Life is my favorite quote. There is so much time for things to change, and for us to change, and for things to happen that um, that are important that need to change. And sometimes it's relationships. Sometimes it's with um, kids um, rebelling and so on. But I do. I think we need to remember that you know it's not the end of the world if there's an empty chair here and there. Because it's not permanently it's empty, not, is what you're saying. There, yeah. the, the, every chair may not be full all the time, but the chair is still there, and you know, life is long. And it's really extra amazing if you can make them realize those the chair that's empty, if you can make that kid realize that their chair is always there, yeah, and that you're always with them no matter what, even if they left. I mean, uh, we know so many families that uh, were torn apart by this division and diversion and so on but it really is so great to see that love has just brought them back and we we want to get to how you know the question of how can parents engender that unity but a quick metaphor i heard the other day and this had to do with people leaving the church but it could also apply to people leaving uh, a family or being disengaged from a family but the metaphor was a, a big house with a big porch that goes around the house. And the idea was you're going to have times in families, or in this case, they were talking about members of a congregation or a church who they're, they're fed up. They get offended. They have a big difference. They have a big concern. They, they feel like to be true to themselves, they got to get out and they, 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 they open the door and they walk out. And the question is, Keep them on the porch. If, if, if you can't keep them in the building, don't slam the door behind them and say good riddance and they leave and they're gone. Say, well, stay on the porch, cool down for a while. It's a big porch. Whenever you feel like it, you can come back in. And I kind of like that. I think it's not either or. It's, it's not you're with us or you're against us. It's like, hey, we, we're going through things, but the love is always there and the door is always open. Chairs, doors, we got a lot of metaphors here, right? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's easier said than done, though, because I think that some parents, it, it's really hard. I mean, there's some things that happen in families that are really, really tricky. And so I just think it's, but it is, if there's any way to keep that door open and just keep that child knowing that you love them, I think that's the most important thing. Well, you're drawing not only from your own family experience, Shani, but Shani's the Relief Society president in her church congregation, which means the head of the women's organization. And I'm sure you see a lot of things that are heart-wrenching, probably none more than where people have, have literally stopped talking to each other or, or feel like they've lost someone forever and they don't know what to do. Yeah, not necessarily in our specific congregation, but even on the blog, I do get a lot of people from all over the world who leave comments that their families are really they are not talking. They are not, and you know, the stories are really hard. And I just think that that's a reality that's, that's very, that happens a lot. And we just need to be aware that it's life is long. I just think that is the most important thing to realize, but 
that we have to soften our hearts and we have to, sometimes I think when those really, those things happen, those relationships are severed, our hearts, I love the analogy of a heart turning to stone and we have to keep our heart Mm. soft and fluid. And we have to realize that there are things that we may not understand about those kids, even if they're doing things that are that we feel are just horrible or against what we ever taught them. There are, they are, we just need to keep our hearts soft and try to realize that they are going through their own secret struggles that we may not understand and just try to just try our best to understand them. I honestly, you know, personally, yeah. prayerfully, you know, I just feel like I just need to ask God because he's their kids. I mean, they're his kids as well. And try to try to draw on any kind of power of anyone to be able to discuss it and try to keep that heart soft. Yeah, that's really good, honey. How do you, I mean, how do you apply one of Linda's gifts? I always like to embarrass her at least once on each show. You have, you really do have the gift of love. I mean, you don't, your instinct is never to turn away. Your instinct is always to move in. And and I really think you see problems or antagonism or bad intent on other people. You see that not judgmentally, you see it as another reason that they need love. How how do, how do you do that? How do you sort of contain your judgment, expand your love at the same time? Well, I, I have to refer back to what Shani said about stories. Anytime that um, somebody does something that's irrational or even wicked or whatever, you just have to think, what is the story behind this? There is a story. Why are they reacting like this? Why do they Where do they feel? get this view? Yeah. Where, what is their view? And I think the more you can get into that, the better. And I find myself judging and thinking, why would they do that? Why would they do that? And then I think, wait, why would they do that? And then if you think, I, what is their story? Where are they coming from? And if you can talk to them for a few minutes, yeah, uh, and even maybe a little longer than a few minutes, but you go, aha, that is where this is coming from. Then your heart softens, and you feel the fleshy tables of your heart um, extending to them, thinking, "Oh, I get this. I'm so sorry that happened to you, or whatever." You know, I just think it's so important to try to look into mm. other people. I like how you. Life. I like how you said that because it's it. That, I was. I was thinking you were saying it's it's about being able to ask them the right questions, but it's being able to ask the right question in the right way. Like if your question is, why would you do that? That's a very different question than explain to me why that came to you. Or I mean, if it's a real question and you're really interested, isn't it interesting that even little kids can feel whether your question is really sincere or whether you're just putting them in a corner or trying to win the argument, you know? Right. What do you think, Shani? I agree. I just think you guys are giving great points. I do appreciate um, mom, mom's example, just back to that. Just, I feel like she talked to us about that growing up and you did too, dad, but I just feel like it does come down to communication a lot that we can have, you know, our, our kids may all be fine, but we still need to have those conversations with them to help them realize that as they go through life, whether in your family, it's not united or whether their friends aren't united or their friends, families, or I just think those, that those talks, having the communication among your own family about what can happen and 
and trying to help people understand everyone else. How, how, yeah. I can't even talk right now. How, how to have no, your, right your kids um, realize that everyone, even their friends, even their best friends are going to have different experiences and they're going to come from different places and they may think different than they are. And that doesn't mean that they're bad people. That just means that they are coming from a different background. And there's probably people listening who are saying, yeah, well, that's the problem. Every time I try to communicate, the gulf just gets deeper. We just blow up at each other. We just start going back to our patterns again. And, you know, there are better people than us to tell you about the laws and rules and techniques of communication. But I, the, only, the, the two words I think work best are the word feel and the word understand. If you if you're asking questions of someone and you use the word feel a lot, how does that make you feel? How do you feel about this? And you really, again, there's no way to fake it. You can, this is not a technique. If you don't really want to know how they feel, they'll sense that you don't want to know. Well, well, the problem is you ask them how they feel and it's outrageous that they feel that way. And you think, how do you feel that? Oh, no, yeah. that's not right. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's what you think. I mean, that's, that's our, you know, knee-jerk reaction instead of, oh, I'm so sorry you experienced that, or I'm so sorry that you feel that way. Tell me more, or something, you know, instead of, it is just so hard to stop, especially even an argument oh, with a yeah, spouse. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, you're right, for sure. You are You are sure you're right. And the more you love the person, and the actually, harder honey, it is I sometimes. I am right most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify. Just to well, the other word is understand. And again, if you can say, please help me to understand that. And it's not like, well, help me understand that. It's like, I really do want to understand that. And that that's a gift. And, you know, we're not psychiatrists to help you do that. But the idea of somehow bringing it into that kind of communication. It takes so a lot powerful. of listening, too. You it have sure to listen. Does. And biting your lip. Yes. One person said, keep mouth shut. KMS. Sometimes with <laughs> teenagers, you got to remember just, and just listen. That's sometimes we do feel like we have all the answers, but we don't. And our kids actually have so much wisdom that they can share with us too. If we just listen. And speaking of wisdom, we do invite you all to take a look at 71 toes, T O E S dot com, because there's a lot of wisdom in there, Shani. I don't know how you got so wise at such a young age. And animal. a lot of good comments and a lot of crazy comments. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people coming from a lot of different backgrounds, yeah, which is really exactly right. Yeah. A beautiful thing, actually. Well, yeah. that, that's a perfect illustration to end on. Diverse comments with a lot of different opinions commenting on your blog, but they're unified by the fact that they're all on that blog, 71toes.com. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining us, Sean. Yeah, it's been so fun to have you, thanks as always. Me. And thanks for joining us, too, today on Irish on the Road. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Have a good week. <laughs> <laughs>